In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Burning down the house, Talking Heads, 1986. It was almost as if they had a crystal ball or some sort of device they could, you know, a spherical device they could manipulate to somehow see and perhaps affect the future. Because, in fact, this week, the uh, U.S. House of Representatives was burned to the ground. Yeah, I mean, obviously, colloquially burned to the ground. I mean, as far as I know, I haven't actually driven to D.C., so as far as I know, the actual structure is still there, despite the uh, the greatest crime in modern history, the January 6th riots. It remains It's an ex- existential in. threat. It's an existential threat to democracy. Yeah. Existential threat to democracy and, and the planet, and as I understand it, potentially the solar system and galaxy itself. But, <laughs> buddy, I think colloquially, the uh, I think you're right. I, I, I lack... I guess the intelligence or just cognitive capacity or whatever it takes to understand what those we have elected think they are doing. Uh, just and just so everyone knows, Brad, you are in uh, North Carolina uh, this week, so you are sounding a little uh, more robotic than usual. That's tough to do. Um, but uh, yeah, look, there are a lot of things happening in the world, and, and it's interesting that all this seems to happen when you are on the road. It's almost like it's almost like you know, in the uh, in the Star Wars, they they divided them all up. They got the droid, the robot, and that uh, little Wookiee deal, and they divided them up, and then they pull them in with the trash compactor, right, and the tractor beam or whatever. It is. They pull them into the Death Star, and then that thing explodes. But the key is it's divide and conquer. That's what they're trying to do this week with the whole AI thing. They were going to capitulate. They then get rid of the House Speaker, all this stuff with the Trump, with this killer snails, and then the airplanes falling out of the sky and UFOs. And you got the woman with the white teeth now in second place. I mean, it's it's a lot that's going on. And it seems to have all coincided, interestingly enough, with you coming down from the mountain. When you're up on the mountain. It seems like none of this happens. It's just, you know, smooth sailing and to fall. But you come down from the mountain, come down from the hill. You no longer are on watch, so to speak. And all hell breaks loose. Yeah. In that long litany of mm-hmm. things that you you know mentioned in your rant there. Lots did of I hear you say killer snails? Killer snails. We'll get, and we'll get to that. We don't want to lead with the, the hot take, right? We don't want to lead with the hot take. I, I really am supposed to lead with the fact that this is David Pridham and Brad Sheaf. We're back. We're not together this week because Brad is on the road. And I am actually in the remote studio in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. I don't need to go into that, but I do recommend that everyone who listened to the podcast uh, on the uh, on the old uh, podcast uh, thingamajig uh, download it from iHeartRadio, which is the home of the Pritam and Chief podcast. And if not, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, wherever it is, wherever, whatever country it is, whatever planet you're in, whatever uh, vehicle, and you download the thing, you rate it highly, 
then you uh, review it, you give it a good review, then you get a burner device to again and again and again, and require that everyone in your sphere of influence do it. If you have to use force, that's fine. We're good with that. Uh, and of course, you can learn more about our show on the world famous website, uh, ipfrequently.com. And uh, if you go to the Instaface or any social media platform whatsoever, wherever it may be, and at whatever point in time it is, uh, you can uh, find more information about us. And also Brad is live blogging his uh, his uh, various uh, and sundry uh, uh, travel uh, items and updates uh, by uh, inputting at, at IP underscore frequently. And of course, um, Brad, uh, you're traveling this week, and I think the first thing we need to really discuss is this uh, this 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 newest uh, item with the airlines. I guess uh, dozens or thousands, th- thousands, I guess, of planes are impacted by uh, um, parts that have been sold by uh, apparently fake brokers selling fake parts. Uh, and uh, I guess planes are just uh, being grounded. Some are potentially falling out of the sky. I'm looking, I don't see any here, but I'm not in a heavy uh, traffic area for uh, aircraft, at least not right now. Um, but have you experienced any, uh, I know you've flown quite a bit lately. Have you experienced any uh, of these uh, junk airline parts? And if so, would you still get on the plane if you knew it beforehand? Well, buddy, I'm, I'm you know me, I'm kind of one of those guys that just sort of, is you know in for a penny in for a pound and something can get you at any time you look at the number of odd ways people die every day mm-hmm. and so i i probably would especially if it was the only way that i could get back up the hill and back to the command post and my lovely bride i would probably throw those dice yeah but having said that i uh my preference would be not to. I am a little bit disturbed that the airlines seem to be buying, you know, parts <laughs> out of a junkyard and slapping them in there and, um, you know, calling it good. I, I wonder how the, the air crew feels about that. Like, I wonder how the pilots and the stewardesses and all those fine folks feel about there being, you know, parts manufactured out of stamped plastic being inserted into jet engines on America's largest airlines. I wonder what they made have in, to say about that. Made in North Korea. This The report says that allegedly fictitious <laughs> safety certificates were, quote, slapped on critical components of a jet before being installed. So I guess, I mean, if you're not worried about it, I'm not going to be worried about it. Of course, I'm not flying these days. I walk everywhere I go. But uh, yeah, that could be, could be traumatic. But it could also open up some seats on the airlines and potential for first-class upgrades. Well, that's true. And and if I am on a flight that appears to be going down as the jet engine built of Legos explodes on the wing, I will try to like, you know, try, I think my iPhone has a recording app of some sort on it. I don't know. I never used it, but if it does, I will fire it up and try to record it. And if somehow my iPhone survives, you know, you can put that into the, uh, you know, next week's version of the podcast. My yeah. And that'll demise. be yeah, that'll be. Uh, I mean, either obviously not what we're looking for, but you know, at some point, sweeps week is coming up, and uh, you know, maybe maybe not you, but maybe we can get a friend of ours to uh, to to actually to actually do that. And, and, and again, we're not wishing that on anyone, but we are saying that what's good for the ratings sometimes is in the greater good. It's like, um, remember Star Trek? I do. Remember the second one, the second Star Trek, the the one where Spock dies. Let's go, Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan, yeah, indeed. Khan! Yeah, yeah, Khan. And, and yeah. the last thing you hear is the needs of the many. Well, it's not, not the last thing you hear. The last thing you hear is the body of Spock being shot out into space for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, but, fired um, off in like a little yeah. torpedo coffin. 
type yeah, thing. Yeah. But it's the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. The, you remember that? The Kobayashi Maru was on that thing, that deal? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Kobayashi that's right. Yeah. I actually yeah. took that in law school. It was difficult. It was on the, the um, in Georgetown. And <laughs> you you did that drill in law school? It was like 10 o'clock on Thursday night at the at uh, the Mad Hatter, I think I, I passed that. I don't know if I passed actually. I may have failed. But uh yeah, different time, different place, different guy. But um yeah, so anyway, that's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That's uh that's uh but lots going on in the in the world. It seems like every time you go away, lots going on. Interest rates at all time highs. Uh, Biden I saw has now apparently he's got mayors in Chicago and New York going to Mexico to try to discourage um uh migrants from coming across the border and uh he is now he's now i saw today he's now fired up the uh the uh all of the the dozers and the heavy equipment on the border and they are now building a wall wow yeah. what a unique thought that's real leadership right there to you know be able to sit down and say well gosh i wonder how we can prevent literally millions of people from pouring across our border. Hmm. Maybe I'll build a wall. Yeah. That's and that's, how a leader thinks. That's a leader, my friend. And they are now they are now doing that. Exciting times. And also what is uh what is very interesting is uh uh if you if you you know sort of take a look at at where we are versus where we were, there is less wall now than there was you know at the end of Trump's administration. He really didn't build that much because everyone sort of opposed him but now i projected out a year from now there will be uh considerably more of a uh of a wall but in the meantime you've got you've got you know tens of thousands of people coming across every month if not more and uh, you know we talked a couple of weeks ago about new york being just um overrun and their facilities overrun they're building that you know the the, the taking on those hotel rooms the cost of billions of dollars so this year, the Army-Navy game is being played at Gillette Stadium because the Patriots aren't playing there this year. And um, and so there are all these folks, military folks, who have booked their tickets up to Gillette, hopefully not on the Jets with the faulty fake North Korean parts. But uh, they, they booked their, their trip up to New England for that game in early December and come to find out this week, I guess – hundreds if not thousands of them get notices from their hotels canceling their reservations in the new england area because all of these hotels have been overrun by migrants who are getting state-funded hotel rooms and so it was a big story up in the northeast this week that uh you know a lot of the military folks who'd like to go see the army navy game are now going to scramble for hotels you know 50 60 100 miles away because the ones close to the stadium are being occupied by state-funded uh uh migrants yeah perfect but it, it is beyond remark. I mean, some of these things you look at and you just can't get your head around. Right? Like, at what point in time did anyone think that just opening up the southern border, I, you know, and, and set aside some of the you know sort of tangential but equally obvious issues of when you have no idea who's coming into your country, it is very likely that a significant chunk of those people are criminals of some sort, if not terrorists, right? So, I mean, when, you, when you're not vetting anyone coming across your border, then literally anyone, to include criminals, could be coming across your border. But setting that aside, just the sheer number of people coming into the country, how did anyone ever think 
that wasn't going to cause significant problems. I realize the Democrats are assuming, because frankly, they're racist, that all of these people coming across the border were going to vote for them. Because, you know, as Biden has frequently done, as Pelosi has frequently done, they, they just think of anyone who, you know, isn't currently in America as just being a block, like this amorphous blob of humanity that just somehow, even though they were raised in a foreign country, wants to vote Democrat in the United States. And so they're happy to have them come across the border. But how, how did anyone think that that wasn't going to create just tremendous issues and then when you stack on top of that, the folks that are complaining the loudest are the folks who, you know, back when it was popular to do so, to virtue signal, declared themselves to be the mayors or leaders of, you know, quote unquote, sanctuary cities. You know, they're the ones that, that are now suffering from that foolishness. I, I, I mean, how, how did anyone think this was just going to be fine? I, I, I don't get it. Well, you've got all these mayors now, the, the mayor Adams in New York and the mayor in Chicago who welcomed the migrants and said that you know this is not going to be an issue, are now literally seeing their budgets crushed, crushed, seeing crime increase, seeing um, seeing uh, social services overwhelmed and seeing the cities get a lot um, of, uh, you know, a lot, there's a lot more conflict in the cities. Uh, and you're seeing people who typically would work in the city, citizens who would work in the cities, have the, having their jobs taken by some of these the migrants. And it's just it's just a nasty situation that's going to get worse and worse and worse. I think it's going to be a big election issue. It'll be interesting to see what happens when those cities elect uh, new mayors if this isn't fixed, because right now it's not uh, policy wise. It's not really getting fixed. But speaking of broken. Uh, you've got the U.S. House of Representatives this week in an unprecedented something that's never happened before which is tough to do, right? It's tough to do. We've had crazy things happen in the last four years and, and we've been around for, you know, 200, uh, 250 some odd years as a country, as a country. And, uh, um, and to say something hasn't happened before is remarkable, but uh, we had a speaker of the house this week removed from power um, because he, I guess, because he theoretically cooperated to keep the government open and, uh negotiated with Democrats to do that. Uh, and so he was bounced from power because to get power, um, the the, uh, the uh, speaker had to, uh, I guess, negotiate um, uh, to allow for, you know, up to like, I think it was one member to, to, to move to reconsider the chair on the, uh, on the speaker. So Kevin McCarthy was the speaker for about a year. He's bounced. And now they're looking for somebody else. And all the names that keep popping up are, you know, some of the hardliners in the house, we're just going to make it a little more divisive. Some of the people sitting in on the uh, overseeing the impeachment inquiry. And then, of course, a wild card from out of the blue uh, for President Donald Trump. You don't have to be a sitting member of Congress um, uh, to become speaker. So some people you who floated his name. You do not. You do not. Um, you can have a serious? not. I did not know that. So it could just we've be anybody. We've, could be the speaker you and I have talked about this before. Yeah, we've talked about this before. On this I very program, I, I believe. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I completely forgot. I did not realize that. I always assumed. I guess we all know what happens when uh, when you assume, but I, I, I always assumed that you had to elect from within the group. So, are there any rules? I mean, could it theoretically be, you know, for instance, some seventeen-year-old kid from Bangladesh, or you know, what's the deal? Well, I there? think each party has their own rules for. Um, who could who could serve as speaker? I mean, they, the 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 um, constitution and the rules of the house do not prohibit a non-Congress person 
from sitting. They just won't have a vote, right? They won't be able to vote, but they'll be able to preside over the House and make all other speaker decisions other than to to vote. And so um, theoretically, it could be Trump. Now, the Republicans have an issue because they um, have a rule within their uh, caucus, which I think the Democrats probably do, too, that says anyone who's been charged with a felony uh, where the punishment could be imprisonment of more than two years cannot serve as speaker. So, of course, they'll have to modify that. But uh, assuming they modify that, then, uh, you know, they're in Fat City and the and the former president actually tweeted, tweeted, he circulated a picture of him with his hat on and the gavel um, in the in the speaker's chair. So um, it could be an interesting uh, of events. You know, if you if you get a good lawyer, you're all set there. Right. Because of what the rule says is that anyone charged with a felony cannot be the Speaker of the House. I mean, Trump's been charged with what, like 17 felons at this point. Right? At, so least. He's, at least. He's, yeah, he's, uh, he's all set, right? So, you know, you and I could do it because we've never been charged with a felony. And Trump could do it because he's been charged with way more than just a felony, right? Yeah. So if you, if you construe A as being singular, just a, a single felony, then one would think he's not only qualified, but eminently qualified at this point. I mean, get, get, considering uh, what's going on with all these House members and, and the senators and you know the guy with the gold bars, uh, Menendez, who now it's come out that his wife, I guess, killed somebody, vehicular homicide a few years ago, and she got off, uh, I guess, because... What? what? I guess she killed somebody. There's there's like some, some deal going around that says she... Uh, um, uh, I guess she, I, I'm not sure. Maybe, so, maybe, let, let me see here. So, so yeah, it looks like, um, yeah, there was a fatal crash. Yeah, she, she struck a pedestrian in 2018. Yeah. And then she it somehow received it. Their daughter work for MSNBC or something. Did I see that someplace? She may, I, I don't know, but I, I, I guess the wife, um, killed some pedestrian outside of a crosswalk. So it's not technically murder. Uh, and then somehow, <laughs> somehow um, was given a new Mercedes convertible because the Mercedes got ruined in the, uh, in the, um, you know, the, the deal where they hit the pedestrian. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if you, you know, if you smash someone, a human being with your vehicle, you're liable to get, you know, a ding, maybe even a dent, some paint problems. Yeah. It's a so problem. Yeah, so anyway, that's, car after that. I guess that's part of the, um, these bribery charges of the, is the, uh, <laughs> the Mercedes they were given, and then that's now that's now apparently this is called attention to the uh, vehicular homicide of a few years ago, and so it's um it's uh interesting. But there, there's actually there are videos of her um like talking to policemen back in 2018 when this all happened, and but she got uh, she got off. God bless her. I mean, listen, that's uh that's interesting. She you know it's an interesting. Uh, Interesting. How, how, would yeah, you, how would you like to have been able to eavesdrop on that? You, you know, not, hey, maybe it's not bribery. Uh, you know, phone call. Hey, I hear your, uh, I hear your wife ruined her car by killing another human being. How yeah, about we the, make that right by you, Senator? How about, how about a new Mercedes, and then maybe you know a little bada boom, bada bing, and what I want to happen happens. Yeah, apparently this how is. How do these this, people sleep? I have no idea. This is an Egyptian oligarch who gave her the keys to any uh, a Mercedes convertible deal. It looks, it looks nice. It's a nice one. Um, I mean, she needed a new car, so that's uh, 
that's that. But uh, you know, that, that, but that, that, just an example, just an example of what's going on in Congress. It's very, uh, very difficult. And so this week they completely because, and you know what, the the deal to keep the government open. I, I'm not a big proponent of uh, government, and uh, I think smaller is 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 better. Certainly in a lot of cases, but uh, I, I thought the deal to keep the government open. It was at least an example of both sides working together, sort of. Um, unfortunately, the Speaker McCarthy kind of tethered himself to these crazy rules to get elected. And he had to because these guys weren't going to vote for him. And to get those votes, he had to basically give them all the power to overthrow him. And, you know, that's what happened with Matt Getz. He, he moved the chair. and they He got six or seven other votes and and it was enough to get rid of him. And, they, you know, there was a complaint about the Democrats who are somehow not uh, – yeah, you know, McCarthy was upset with them because they didn't uh, um, support him. But I, you know, why would they? Why would they? Well, right. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing just makes you laugh. I mean, so McCarthy gets bounced from the leadership of Congress for trying to keep the government open, right? And so your job, if you're in Congress, is to legislate. It's you know, as part of the so that the government runs better. And you would think that if you had any chance of making the government run better, it would have to A, be open, right? Because it doesn't really matter how much legislation you do. If the government's not functioning, it doesn't really matter. And so for basically trying to take care of the most fundamental aspect of a functional government, i.e. it's open for business, he gets canned from the job. Right? So now, so, so, but you're, you're much more up on these things than I am. What does that mean, really? Right? Like, does does Congress not function without a speaker? I mean, what what does the speaker do? Well, he sets the he or she sets the legislative agenda. So right now, there is a temporary speaker in place. Some guy from, I want to say Virginia, but I don't know. He's he's from he's from, I'm not sure where he's from. But um, the temporary speaker is there until that basically to facilitate the election of a new speaker. But what he did do, which is interesting is um, the first thing he did was he kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her. Um, I guess she got an office because she's speaker emeritus. It's one of the things McCarthy agreed to, and he kicked her out of the office and he took it. So that happened. Um, other, than that, they're, <laughs> other than that, they're working on electing a new speaker. There are a few people that are in the, uh, in the game, she had to. She was at I mean, just the aesthetic. Came She's out in L.A. and in San Francisco, Diane Feinstein's funeral. And meanwhile, she got a notice. Her staff got a notice that she had to be out of her office in like four hours. And so they kicked, they kicked her out of her office. Um, it's really not not funny. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, if there was ever any question as to whether or not these people were just mean spirited, petty little pieces of crap, that should answer the question for you. I mean, the very yeah. first thing some guy no one's ever heard of. Who now is temporarily Speaker of the House does doesn't try to fix doesn't try to keep the government open doesn't try to fix any of that he, he just kicks Nancy Pelosi who I don't like and so I find it funny as well but he, you know what he chooses to do with his five minutes of of power is kick Nancy Pelosi out of her office that's great uh, exactly that's what he did and and you know that's um you know that's uh, who who knows I mean it's it's just very very uh, interesting. Um, how this all seems to work. And, you know, we could have a speaker about next week. I don't know. We could, uh, we could have a new speaker. And well, who's uh, up for it? Like, who, 
how does that do you, you never know you have no idea they're going to be a bunch of people running i mean you know they're a bunch of conservative people running they're it, you know you can't really tell who's going to get it because it's like a secret ballot deal but trump there are a bunch it's of like people that have said like it's like that you get the white smoke you, although i saw the pope yeah, yeah. he doesn't look good he's in a wheelchair he's he's they're pushing him around he's gaining oh, weight in a wheelchair you know, we'll see what happens. And it could be Trump. But Trump is, of course, he's currently in the middle of his uh, civil fraud trial in New York, where the claims mm-hmm. are that he uh, I think the judge has already found pretrial that he committed fraud. The claims are he inflated the value of all of his assets for purposes of I, I'm not I'm not sure getting better credit or, or getting into the uh, Forbes billionaire list or whatever. Um, but I guess Trump has been there and he's every day he's holding press conferences outside. So now that judge has issued a gag order on trump and so basically trump can't talk bad about it but he's continued to do it he goes to these rallies and just talks about the judge and this and that so he may end up in jail i mean one of the remedies is to throw him in jail for 30 days so that very next week we could very well be talking about that um plus the speaker's race <laughs> and um yeah it's a, it's an it, you know the menendez thing you get the car crash and the gold bars and all that and, and not even to mention the biggest um story of the week now i mean Biden's out there running around building up walls and he's botched a couple of press conferences, of course. But now, Commander, have you have you you've visited the White House? You've been to the White House? I have actually been to the White House quite a few times, buddy. So yes. And you've be, you've briefed the president of the United States before. I yes. Have you ever been well, bitten? Yes. Have you ever been bitten? Well, let me ask you this. I, I assume George W. Bush is is one he had a dog, didn't he? You have a dog or you have a cat? Which one had the cat? You know, most, yeah, my, my impression is that most presidents have dogs. I mean, Clinton had a dog, right? Obama had a dog. Didn't Clinton have a dog? Who was Mitz the cat? Dog. Was there a cat, Mitz? There's Mitt Romney, but wasn't there Mitz the you cat? Got like me mittens? There. mittens? Maybe. I mean, that would be a good name for a cat. Mittens. Hmm. Because it rhymes with kitten. But anyway, so somebody, I don't know if you ever got, like, while you were there, Sitting in the Oval, you got mauled by like uh, some, I don't know. But apparently there, there's a German Shepherd. Biden's got a German Shepherd, which, you know, probably not the best disposition for a pet. We're running around the Oval biting people. And so they had to remove the name is Commander, like uh, Commander. And uh, after remove it from the White House, I guess it's gone to the mansion in uh, in Delaware. You know, this this German Shepherd, which, by the way, is not, you know, just not probably not what you're looking for. You go in the Oval Office and. You have it's like something you would see Putin have, like a couple of German shepherds just just pacing back and forth, frothing at the or the guy from North Korea or Papa Doc Duvalier. It makes sense, but not in the Oval. So apparently, this dog's bit a bunch of people. It's uh, it bit um, it didn't bite, of course, of Bob Menendez or his wife, but it bit it bit some people briefing the president, some staffers. Apparently, the staffers are just terrified of the thing. Um, people are having to be treated at the hospital. Uh, let's see. So next we get a lot of questions from the business community about UFOs. Hmm. Okay. So we have now had multiple, many UFO sightings. They're getting more recent, right? They're, they're, they're getting, I mean, they're getting more prevalent rather recently. So you've got, uh, I mean, it's, it seems like we have these things happening all the time. So now United Airlines staff and pilots, uh, recently saw, uh, a disc shaped UFO in the sky over Chicago. Chicago, Chicago. Um, and you can't trust the, the, those guys. They're flying around with fake engine parts. Can't trust anything the airlines say. Yeah, well, that's that's true. I mean, these these could be also people on the ground, that are installing the fake parts. Oh, that's but true. Uh, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, that's true. 
apparently these uh, uh, the, the, this flying saucer shape could, according to a group of 30 physicists from the um, Interstellar Travel Association, have uh, have said that. Uh, <laughs> wait, uh, wait, the, wait, wait, the what? Yeah, 30 physicists. What association? It's yeah, the, inter the interstellar interstellar travelers. Apparently, it's the inter yeah, and um, interstellar. Can you book tickets through those guys? Like, if you and I wanted to go to a different star system, do we just go to the Interstellar Travel Association and say, "Hey, we'd like to go to you know Alpha Centauri"? You know, I don't, Brad. I don't know if they have a. I don't know if they have a website or really publicize their group that much. It's it's a very very <laughs> discreet group. They may not. You may not be able to find them, but I've found them. And yeah, uh, yeah so okay. they've said that. Uh, yeah. This disc-like um, uh, craft above Chicago could um, uh, hold the key to interstellar space travel, strangely enough. Uh, they sure, said yeah, that cool. uh, these warp drive spacecraft would benefit from a classic flying saucer shape. And this concept of warp bubble um, would explain mm -hmm. why the UFOs have a lack of radar signal. And so this is something to keep an eye on. But in addition to that, in addition to that, uh, Maryland is also becoming a UFO hotspot. This is separate and apart, Brad, from the folks at the uh, Interstellar Academy, uh, like we said. But uh, there have been 2,000 UFO sightings in the skies above Maryland uh, since 1995. Well, that would explain the uh, former, who was she, a senator, Barbara Mikowski? Help me out. Mikowski. That would explain, because she, ha she has to be an alien. If you've seen a picture of that woman, she's not a human being. She so, is, I mean, maybe they're just not. checking in and out with her. Maybe. I mean, I, well, she's not there anyway. She's yeah. gone, right? She's gone. She's not, she's not still she around, to... is she? Well, no, but I mean, she's gone underground. She's with the Interstellar Travel Association. <laughs> she might, she's a lobbyist there now. Vacations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Making six, seven million a year at uh, the Interstellar Group. Yeah, she. Uh, but anyway, that Maryland is a hot spot now. People have seen all sorts of uh, craft, including flat bottom black triangles just whipping. Remember Jews in space? Remember that? <laughs> Do I remember Jews in space? Yeah, I the end of pigs in space. No, history of the world. You don't remember that history of the world part two? Oh, oh, yeah, Jews oh in space. yeah. Uh, no, no, and well. then the. Uh, yeah, yeah, the classic flying saucer deal. So that, so this is all over Maryland. Also, Maryland is a hotbed for Sasquatch. We drove through Maryland on the way back from Dallas, where, by the way, I uh, you know don't want to toot our own horn uh, during the appellate period, but you and I were uh, somewhat successful in that regard. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Very happy about it. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, but we drove through Maryland and we saw. And there were these places, like in Western, have you ever been out there in Western Maryland? I'd never been. I have, actually, a number of times. There are some very lovely areas of Western Maryland, <laughs> but it is it is the boonies, my friend. It's the middle of nowhere. But there, they, you go to these gas stations yeah. out off the uh, highway, and you have, like, all sorts of Bigfoot paraphernalia out there. Tons of it, because people have seen the oh, Bigfoot good. out there. And the Blair, remember the Blair Witch? It was set in Maryland. It was. As fate would have it, watch that movie with another agent. We were both sitting on a wire in the middle of the night. We were both junior agents, and so that's the kind of thing you get stuck with. You're sitting on a wire, you know, at 3 a.m., and so we're watching the Blair, and we couldn't, it's supposed to be, you know, very scary. We could not stop laughing. I mean, it's a movie about idiots who somehow get lost in a forest in the United States of America in modern times. You cannot walk in the vast majority of places in this country. 10 miles without running into a hardball road and then you can just follow it out 
of wherever you are. And in most places, it's less than a mile. You walk, you hit a road, you follow it out. And somehow those morons, you know, just got lost in a, in, in effectively in a small park in Maryland. I, well, you know what's, how that's supposed to be scary, I don't know. What was interesting about that is they filmed that thing on old VHS cameras, and they had a few of them. And uh, it cost yeah. them like nothing to film, nothing, um, <laughs> literally nothing, because I mean these were these were nobody actors yeah. who've never amounted to anything. Yeah. They're just act, acting school people. They're in the theater, the theater, as my dad used to yeah. say. And uh, and so they're out there in the middle of the woods filming this thing. They put this movie together. They then go to college towns and put up wanted or missing posters from the the different actors. Uh, they cost you know not a few hundred bucks to put up. They put up in all these college towns and people put them up and then release the movie. And the movie made hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, they banked on this movie. They didn't even use a traditional distribution company, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. They used a very small production studio just to, to, to distribute the thing. They made a they made a killing on that movie. A killing. Yeah, That's I know. Good. And God bless them. I mean, I'm 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 happy for them that that happened. And it was certainly an interesting idea. That they had, and and again, I'm I, no one could be happier than me that they were successful well, in that. But how it was supposed to be, because you know, I we had, before we watched this, and as you know, but I'm not a horror movie guy. I don't like them. That's not my idea of entertainment. But the other agent I was working with was like, man, we got to watch this thing. Everybody says it's you know it's terrifying in this new and ingenious way, and you know, you'll never be the same, and this and that. So I just kind of shrugged and said, well, okay, I'll watch it. Let's put it on. And it was the best comedy I've I've ever seen. So I, I, I guess I just missed how it was supposed to be scary, but I am, you know, like I said, I, I'm not hating on it. If someone wants to watch it, go for it. Yeah, well, I mean, that is what it is. But uh, in any way, anyway, Maryland is a hotbed for um, the, the type of activity. So interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, let's see, a couple other things to cover before we go. Let's see. So first, New York is um, apparently up in arms because London, Brad, London, as well, London is actually, mm-hmm. but it's not New York. I I thought it was New York because of the subject matter of the story, but it's actually London, which is the uh, capital mm-hmm. of uh, global finance in some cases, and others not. Um, but apparently, the uh, uh, London is seeing an influx in uh, pigeon traffic these days. I guess it's up over a hundred percent, and uh, these pigeons are carrying disease, vile disease. It's vile, and they're everywhere, mm-hmm. and they're pooping everywhere. And uh, so London is undertaking a uh, study also by the Interstellar Space Travel Association. Uh, in fact, they're having a foul problem in London with the pigeons. And uh, no pun intended. They are, um, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for solutions. And uh, actually one gentleman in London who started an association to get rid of the pigeons uh, said that, uh, and I quote, I don't see why we couldn't just get a hawk or two in for a couple of days a month. Once pigeons know there's a hawk here, they won't be coming back. So, you know, there it is. I don't know whether that's true or not, but who knows? Yeah, buddy, I, I have been in London a, a couple of times, a few times in my life. And I am under the impression, unless things have changed dramatically, that it's a pretty good-sized town. You know, it would take you a while to walk around the whole thing. And my guess is that a single hawk, no matter how dedicated to his duty and the mission at hand, or a claw, as the case may be, is not gonna is not gonna do it. And, and where did all these pigeons come from? There's a 100 percent pigeon increase in the fine city of London 
then that must mean that somewhere on the planet they're down, you know, several thousand pigeons. So you think there it's a migration issue, not a mating issue? Well, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, maybe you know the pigeon, maybe there's some stud, you know, male pigeon showed up there and started knocking everybody up. But I mean, my guess is unless they have done something in the past to preclude pigeon mating, that you know, wouldn't have changed that dramatically over the course of a year. So my guess was that they may have been coming from some other place, but you know what, buddy, maybe, maybe they, maybe they came from an interstellar, you know, space using the travel association. Maybe they're space pigeons. Like a warp blurb type deal. Like uh, yeah, they, you know, you put a pigeon in a warp bubble Warp bubble right? and that's it. it's likely to show up in London. I mean, that's just one of those things that happens. I mean, I'm sure if you're, you live in London, that's not, that's not good news for you, but a lot of warp bubbles tend to pop over London. It's got something to do with the, the London eye and the Thames and so a lot of people drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. Hello. So, I mean, that, that's why, but my guess is that that must be where the pigeons are coming from. And therefore some solar system, someplace is down a bunch of pigeons. And, you know, maybe they're happy about that. Maybe they're not. A lot of people eat pigeons. Yeah. That's it's a delicacy. Delicacy. Um, let's see. Next, uh, so San Francisco. Do you see their, what they're doing with the housing problem they have there? Housing is expensive. I don't know why. Because there's geniuses running San Francisco, so I'm sure whatever they're doing makes perfect sense. They've started this shared housing concept, brownstone shared housing, um, mm-hmm. and it's touted as a creative quote unquote solution to San Francisco's uh, overpriced housing market. And what they have are these pods. Right, so you get a a a a pod three three and a half feet wide by four feet tall, um, and it's it's basically the size of a twin mattress, and uh, it it's five hundred dollars a month, and you get it for so many hours a night, and then someone else swoops in, and you know you but you don't get the same pod. You just bring your stuff in, move into your pod, bring it. It's a shared bathroom is a deal too, right? So you have a shared bathroom, you have a pod, and then that pod is somewhere ubiquitous, right? I mean. Could be someone else's pod. Who knows? It, 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 it's it, what I'm saying is there could be a bed bug situation, right? But it seems like this is where San Francisco is headed with this, and it's almost like they waited Ion Feinstein to pass away, and now they're rolling this out. Um, it is just. Uh, oh, buddy, wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! So, <laughs> if if you move to San Francisco, so this is their solution. Let me just make sure I understand. So, if you move to San Francisco and you don't have a place to live. So, you know, no, no roof over your head, as it were, for $500 a month. Okay, so more than $10 a day, right? Nigh upon $15 a day, you can rent something you can't stand up in because it's four foot high and is as wide as a single mattress. You can rent that, but not the same one. You don't even get one of those to yourself. You just get some period of time in every 24-hour period in like a smallish U-Haul trailer for $500 a month. Do I have that right? I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty much on point there. You're pretty much on point. So it's... Well, what's uh, going to prevent someone from just kicking the shit out of you and taking your time in the U-Haul? Nothing. That's San Francisco. <laughs> That's just... Absolutely. Who are these people? I, I don't know. We should end on a, a nice, nice note. So, um, unfortunately, maybe it's nice. Maybe it's not. We, we we teased it earlier. 
there is a case of the deadly aquatic apple snails that have now been uh, found in the U.S. in the uh, produced by Apple. And that, you know, the reason they are they they could they they could like very well be snail? they could very well be. And unfortunately, Brad, the bad news for you is that they are along a river, uh, actually the Lumber River, spelled like it sounds, in uh, Lumberton. Uh-huh. Uh, near uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. So this is in North Carolina. These are South American apple snails. They're from South America. And apparently they carry parasites, lowercase p, which pose a lethal Mm. threat to any human who comes in contact with the uh, snails. First of all, if eaten raw, uh, the apple snail can transmit a brain-attacking rat lungworm, uh, which could potentially lead to meningitis or the loss of, uh, of hair. And uh, in addition, so the lungworm attacks the brain. Correct. That's crafty. So you, no one would figure that out. Like if you told me, "Hey, I think you might just have inadvertently eaten a raw snail," because that happens all the time. When people just pick up a snail, pop it in their mouth, and you know, I did. Could happen to me. It could happen to you. And you tell me, I think you might have inadvertently eaten a raw snail that has a rat lungworm in it. My immediate mm-hmm. response would be to go to a doctor who could treat some form of lung disease, like a pulmonologist kind of a deal. But you're telling me that those crafty lungworms work their way up into your brain. They they do, and they because you you're blocking. It's almost like you're defending the wrong part of exactly. your uh, of your body. But apparently, this is a. Uh, um, you know, they, they, it's not only humans. I mean, there are other issues with uh, rashes that contact with the uh, uh, snail eggs can cause. I mean, that's a problem. You have rashes all over yourself, itchy eyes. Uh, but they also destroy the ecosystems they inhabit, which is a uh, a problem. And uh, the uh, egg piles themselves contain thousands of eggs. So these things breed like pigeons. I mean, they breed like uh, like you wouldn't uh, wouldn't believe. Um, they uh, basically say that the way you kill them, similar to a gremlin, Brad, is you crush them with a, potentially a crusher machine or you freeze them or a trash compactor, like the Star Wars. You know, mm. they, they crush their trash. Mm. They warn people not to touch an apple snail with your bare hands. And North Carolinians in particular are, quote, encouraged to report any sightings of the invasive snail uh, to the North Carolina Wildlife Recovery Center. Before uh, either crushing or freezing or drowning the uh, snail, I didn't know you could drown a snail, but apparently you can. Certainly after well, you crush yeah, it, I mean, you could probably burn it as well. Would be my guess. You no, I don't burn it. The toxins get released into the into the atmosphere, especially not around the Halloween. But uh, yeah, so there there you go, Brad. It's a uh, it's a. Um, so what does an apple snail look like, buddy? Let's do a little public service announcement for our friends in North Carolina. What do you want to look out for? Does it look like an apple, or does it eat apples? Why do they call it an apple snail? They call it the apple snail, Brad, because it's uh, part of the shell is the uh, it's, it looks like an apple. All right, well, that's helpful. All right, so if you are in North Carolina, I mean, you would you think you would snail, think they would like tell you. Yeah, you would think you would think yeah. you would think that they would tell you why an apple snail is uh, called an apple snail. I'm not, maybe they eat apples. Yeah. I don't or know. how you would how you would even you know identify said apple snail. Um, but yeah, you know, if you see if you see a snail that looks like a snail, and you know, looks like it might be carrying around a crafty lungworm that attacks your brain, then you know, call the North Carolina Department of Snail Eradication and you know, get those people going wherever you are, right? Yeah, wherever you are, right? I mean, even if you're in South Carolina or perhaps in West Carolina or East Carolina 
or, uh, you know, even, you know, like outer Carolina, like Tennessee or something, just, you know, get on the blower, let those snail eradication people know, and they'll be, uh, they'll be Johnny on the spot with their snail crusher. Well, that, no, no, I mean, now that you mentioned Johnny Appleseed, I do remember why they get their name from uh, uh, the apple. The fact is, Brad, that the uh, apple snails can, uh, uh, it's the one species of American uh, snails that can grow to be the size of an apple. So there you go. Um, oh, that's a big ass snail. I, mean, I don't care who you are. And there it is. I mean, once again, much- I mean, we have done it. And we have, you know, we have, we have, we've covered interstellar travel by pigeons and others. We've covered apple-sized snails that look like snails. And so if you see a snail, you let somebody know. And, uh, you know, we've covered the burning down of the house and the fact that Donald Trump could be the next speaker. I really don't know what anyone else could expect us to do. But whatever it is you expect us to do, we'll try to do it again right here next week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.